What's going on, everybody? 360 Digital Closing Bell. I am your humble, humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, joined for you for our week ahead podcast, episode number 17. We are live from an undisclosed location here in Denver, Colorado. As always, I'm joined by the executive producer of the show, the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, www.oilandgas360.com. Stu, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. We are having a great day. Busy week coming up. Now, it's, it was a busy week. I thought we had a great show on Friday, and this upcoming week is going to be crazy. We have a great show for you lined up. But first, I need to tell you a little bit about our friends at Adam and Team Energy and the things they are doing for social risk. These guys are led by their principal, Tisha Shula, who's an awesome woman. She's a former CEO of the Colorado Out. Uh, oil and gas association and what adam and d does is they guide energy companies like yours to explore your exposure to social risk your options for your response how your peer companies are actually responding and the opportunities that social risk can actually create for your business i've been i i've been lucky to know her for for, for over a year now and that is truly truly the case that there are these the, 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 you know i still mentioned these social risk chances out there right now can actually help move companies forward there adam and teen energy is doing a great job of helping with that if you are not already reading tissue just weekly emails on what's on the horizon for the oil and gas sector when it comes to social risk. You need to fix that now because your competitors definitely, you can check that out at www.energythinks.com. You can sign up for both things are true. It's so much good stuff revolving social risk. And I highly recommend if you have any questions about the ESGs, please, 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 please call Adam at Teen Energy. Remember, energythinks.com. We love Tisha Shuler. You can actually check out, we did an interview there two weeks ago on the 360 um, the Energy 360 Network by Intercom, and we love having them. And we they and this show is for sure brought to you by them. We have a great show for you lined up today. Really, we've got random story time lined up. I didn't quite find something that was a full lead segment where we could spend 10 minutes just dissecting. So we've got four or five different things we want to cover. Obviously, we'll look at the week upcoming in oil. We'll check in on the 360 official, non-official fund. But quickly before we get going, I need to do some quick clerical work. As always, subscribe to this show, 360 Digital Closing Bell, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Please, please, please subscribe, unsubscribe, do whatever makes the algorithms go nuts. Um, we've actually been seeing some really great data. I've loved being able to come to you every single week on this. We, we are launching a new Twitter account called the Energy 360 or the Oil and Gas 360 News Deck. You can check it on Twitter. Every single article that is available on oilandgas360.com, gets automatically synced up and tweeted out. Literally, it's instant. It's awesome. I've been following it for a week now. Please check it out. OAG underscore, or it's OAG360 underscore news, because you can follow OAG360, which is the Oil and Gas 360 Twitter. You can also follow at Entercom. You can check it every page out. LinkedIn, as I mentioned, we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. I'm, gonna, I'm about done saying all of our socials because we're just on everything. If there's a platform we're on, and I'm not even sure if we're on Google+, Plus, but I will get us on Google+. Plus. Please connect with me, Stuart Truly, on LinkedIn. You can also email the show mtanner at entercominc.com for all your questions, concerns, or just to tell me my show was really bad. Please also, you can check out the, the show is also brought to you by the world's greatest website, www.oilandgas360.com, where you can find Find the Energy 360 Network, and you can check out, which is the best place for energy thought leadership conversations. We've had so many great interviews we've done so far, and we have a packed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. What are, what's the order in which we're dropping shows? Because I know we've got something coming Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday as you're listening to this. Oh, you bet. Hey, we got a lot of big ones. Uh, we got um, uh, Enverus. 
uh, with Chris. He was the general manager, vice president, general manager of the automation group that's dropping Monday. It's an awesome have, interview. He, he is an awesome guy, cat, by the way. I loved talking with him. That was a fantastic, fun yeah. one. Uh, they got some great automation coming out. That's coming out Monday. Uh, Ajax is coming out on Tuesday. And then Wednesday is Wolfpack Software, and all three are really uh, informational, a lot of fun, had a lot of fun with all of them. Yes, and we hope they have them back all the time, so please follow and check all the Energy360 network stuff on the world's greatest website, www.oilandgas360.com. All right, let's, let's shift gears into random story time. I mean, normally how we like to start the show is I generally try to find a big a big story that we can chew the fat on and really dive into and try to discover more about it and see what that means for the for, for the oil patch going forward. That's how I like to run the first segment. And, you know, but about three weeks ago, I remember it was like episode 10, we, we, there was a little lack of a lead story, but there was more like four or five small stories that we needed to cover. So I called it random story time. And we're going to do that again for this first segment, because really, I, really I, there's four stories that when me and Stu were talking about that I think we really need to cover. You know, three of them um, are more oil-based, and then Stu has actually a really great nuclear one that's going to tie into an interview. But I want to start with something that we chatted about, I think, a, a couple – I want to say it was episode 10, 11, or 12. This was right in the heat of the coronavirus stuff. This was probably, you know, at the trough in well, both panic level – and just, you know, what's going on in terms of how it's affecting the oil field. And, 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 and we spent a whole first segment talking about government intervention, what that would mean within the oil field, whether that comes for the EMP companies. And we broke it all down. And basically, our analysis was we're not into any stimulus or we're not into any helping out the oil field unless it affects the people that are really hurting. And that was the oil field service company. Because I know, I don't know if, you know, this is a story that dropped in oil and gas to be 60. There we were. I don't know if we are, we're going to bring this up later. And if, if not, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blowing it right now. But oil field services losing 50% of their value this first, you know, these first three months. It was a Rystad energy report. That's who stimulus needs to be going to. It doesn't necessarily need to be going towards these large, you know, you know some of these larger independents who can have access to capital. You know, I, I, I have, you know, I know. It's really sad to say I know way too many people who are working in the service field right now. They're getting laid off. I don't just need, we don't need to name company names because it doesn't matter. Everybody is getting cut. It's unbelievable. But I will say this. I had, I had I have a good friend, really good friend of mine who I played baseball with and he went to a uh, school of mines with me, was working for a really, really small contractor who was contracted with Oxy, obviously got cut, but they were able to apply and got PPP. So he's able to actually get 85% of his salary for the next three months, which is awesome. So the, it is working that some of this coronavirus stuff it is working for the smaller guys, and it's really nice to see some of these smaller service companies have access to stuff. But in terms of actual support for the oil and gas industry, the, the, the only thing that the, there was three things that we're talking about planning. They were talking about public stakes and oil companies. Yikes! Yikes! There was some direct lending, and really, what it's come out to is none of that's going to happen. The Energy Secretary on Monday, Dan Bouye, came out and said he's not expecting more than what we've already done. But what they are going to do is buy another one million. Buy now. Remember, three or about, right when this happened, there was about three million billion dollars uh, worth of oil that was supposed to be bought. Remember that? That was like the big thing that was dropping. Was it like oh three weeks ago? That was the number. And so from that, am I correct? It was like three billion, right? I don't have the number up in front of me. It was, it, no, it was exactly, about okay, that. 
it was about that. Perfect. And so, and that got nixed by Congress really quick. This was in the first wave of the coronavirus stimulus. Remember everyone, you know, this was part of the, you know, everyone got the 1200 bucks and then was supposed to be included within this stimulus one was about 3 billion in purchases for the crude oil um, inventories down in the salt domes. But what, and they it basically got nixed and it, you know, honor, Ironically, for just politics reasons, I don't think there was any legitimate reason other than just, you know, politics and the others, you know, two side of the aisle can't really agree on, you know, oil tends to lean red, whoever was passing the stimulus generally tends to, 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 um, to lean blue. So there was no actual stuff. And that's what led us into, are there actually going to be public stakes in oil companies? Are there going to be direct lending? Because obviously we know the Trump administration is friendly to the energy industry, specifically the oil and gas side. So that's, that's when, when, when the $3 billion buy got nixed from the DOE, they got nixed in the stimulus one. That's where this, well, are we going to be seeing more, more money flowing specifically to the energy industry via stimulus? The answer is no. The only thing that's going to happen is a 1 million barrel uh, buy for the SPR, which is basically going to use to test the oil market. And right now, if you look at, you know, oil's 29.50, or if you say it's 30 bucks right now, then you're looking at about, that's about, you know, 300 million, million right now. So, so it's definitely down. Is that, check my math on me while I'm speaking. If that's 1 million times 30, I'm pretty sure it's 300 million. You just add a zero, right? Right. Thank you. Okay. Good. 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 Let's add a zero. Just you're testing sure. me. I'm just, oh, I'm just making sure. I, I was not a math major in college. I was a, I, I was a petroleum engineer and an econ major, and and they encourage at all times just use a calculator. You, Entercom doesn't pay me to to not use a calculator. My, I was something my dad used to always joke. My dad was an aerospace engineer. We this is a sidebar. My dad's aerospace engineer a long time, and he always used to hate. When, when, when I'd be in like high school and elementary school or middle school, and they'd be like, it's a no calculator on the exam. And my dad would be like, are you kidding right. me? If Raytheon right. asked me to not use, Raytheon doesn't pay me not to use a calculator. They pay me to get the arithmetic right. So, Michael, there is no spell check in this pen. No. <laughs> You've seen some of the emails I've sent. You've seen some of the emails and Microsoft team chaps I sent. I need spell check as much as anyone. But as always, we get sidetracked, kind of bringing it back. Basically, um, and so it's been like a 300 million, which is down from the three, obviously the 3 billion, but there's still something. And really what they're doing is they're acting as a test. And really what they're doing is they're actually delivering crude oil through the, the SPR. They're not really going to mess around with the financial trading side of the WTI NYMEX futures project. That was interesting. They're accepting bids until May 27th, and there are going to be award contracts by May 29th. As remember, they did negotiate with nine companies to store 23 million barrels of oil in the government stockpile. And this is just, remember, store. This was not purchased. This was, hey, we're just going to rent out space in the SPR. Those, those, uh, among those renting space, Chevron, Exxon, Energy Transfer, um, I'm trying to, that's about Atlantic, you know, Vital. That's probably about the only four pe random people would know. I could read the rest of the list off, but it's just a bunch of more big energy marketing firms. So that was that. The, right now, there are companies renting, but there are no people at, there are no more purchases, but that is changing right now. And they're going to buy about a million barrels, which is, I mean, the smart thing to do. Oil's probably not going to get down this low again. It'll be interesting to see what price point they buy it at. You know, it would have been nice to see them maybe buy it a little lower. We could have gotten a nice little cheaper price, but that fits the trader in me. That's one thing I would love to do for the DOEs. Put, put me in charge of when we're buying for the SPR. That would seem like you're just setting levels all day. That seems like right up our alley. But in terms of stimulus, oil and gas, Stu, no, nothing more. How do you like this? What's your thoughts? I know we chatted before we move on. You know, I, uh, we talked about I do not like the free market does is supposed to work. Mm -hmm. However, 
this free market in the oil is not truly a free market because yes. you have OPEC, you have OPEC plus, you have uh, all of these exterior forces that are arbitrarily influencing the market. And who's paying for that? It's our beloved oil and gas employees. So I believe in the free market. I believe that it can work, but it irritates me. Yeah, Sorry. it's and it goes right along with 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 Tisha's you know Tisha Adamatina Energy. She you know Tisha she writes this 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 weekly article that I recommend. Please please subscribe. It's that weekly article I mentioned up in her original sponsor. But I highly recommend reading because before I really met her, I hadn't really taken the stance. But her she writes this great series called Both Things Can Be True, and it's really and, and then sometimes and it's hard to wrap your mind around. But yes, sometimes two two things that seem both opposite can be true. Both things can be true. We can be you know, we can be for the free markets, but we can also say there needs to be some sort of intervention to help bridge this gap. So I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. And I think this is, is, I think this is a good step in terms of actually starting to buy some oil and I'd expect to see more buy, but I want to switch gears now because there was another, another friend of the show, Sean Strawbridge and CEO Porter Corpus Christi. He had a, was it, what, 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 what was, was it a call he had last week? What exactly was yes, this? Because there's a great article on S&P that got written up about it. Um, it was a wonderful uh, uh, Zoom conference call, actually, in okay. which uh, we had uh, a Texas representative from uh, the Senate and the House, and uh, very, very good. Sean was out of the park. Uh, Sean is an industry leader. Uh, mm. He has done so much for the industry and the Port of Corpus Christi. They're uh, getting the additional dollars to dredge uh, the port. The port is now the number one in many, many categories. Uh, they are increasing their storage. And Sean is now quoted through all the other uh, industry areas. So uh, Sean and the Port of Corpus Port of Corpus Christi are way up there in leadership. And say that and, five times fast. Port of Corpus oh Christi. Port of Corpus Christi. <laughs> no, but 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 Sean Strawbridge, he's the CEO of the Port of Corpus Christi, and there were some interesting things. You can actually check. There's an article. I think there's one on Oil and Gas 360.com. You can read. Uh, I, I'm focusing on the one from S&P Global because they just pulled some really interesting quotes. So obviously, with the the, the the Port of Corpus Christi is one of the largest the largest exporter of you know refined pro or not unrefined products here in the country and really that and that's partly why you know Sean Sean gains this type of stuff because he is in command of what's going of what's going on with a lot of the exports and and clearly obviously crude exports from the port of course we fell from a record high 1.7 down to about 1.1 last week it's still incredible we're still exporting even amidst this coronavirus we're still exporting 1.1 million barrels per day which is crazy to think about uh especially when a lot of that is a lot of that is farm uh and things coming from our great farmers uh, yeah. going to China, go figure that. Yeah, go for going. That's that, 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 you know, that's a segment we don't necessarily maybe have the, but, but, but an energy and security needs to be a, a segment. Maybe we run on Friday because I think there's a large conversation to be had about that. As that's part of my international news right now today. You're already teeing me up for I'm my, I'm uh, teeing you. So we don't have to wait till Friday people. All you got to wait is about 10 minutes before I finish ranting about a couple more stories. The last quote before we move on um, to Stu's nuclear story is talking about storage because he has a very interesting quote. And remember storage was a hot issue. We talked about it last week um, with 
with Steven. Um, and, and we ran a segment about two weeks ago on what actual, you know, partly why oil price was this low was because of store. But, but, but this is the quote that got me. Sean Sharp is the guy who, who's running exports, a guy who can build storage. This is someone who can command storage. They're, as Stu mentioned, they're in the process of building storage. He says, quote, storage has fared a bit better than we anticipated, which is great to see because someone like him is not going to come out and say that if it's not actually true. And that's why I love these type of quotes. These aren't, this isn't an analyst. This isn't a, an investment banker who's got half his portfolio in storage companies. This is somebody, all he's seeing is supply demand. Here's where the oil's going and I need to create more store. And I, so I, I love that quote and what's not. And, and, and so that's really what I pulled from that whole, that whole interview. I don't know if that's what you, if, if, you know, if there's anything else I missed up, but that was my big thing that I took out of that, that, that Zoom webinar. Uh, it, it was, you're dead on right. Uh, there's some other stuff that, that, that was it. That was the biggie. And cool. And I, I, I think, you know, I've got one more, but Stu, you have a great nuclear story we need to get to. You bet. You and I have always talked about the mar uh, the free market has to determine uh, dollar per kilowatt to the consumer. And mm. um, I, I'm researching hydrogen, uh, got some stories coming up on uh, hydrogen nuclear. I, we believe that there is fossil fuels are not going to go away. Uh, we're taking a look at all of the other kinds of power and nuclear is truly one. Um, our nuclear fleet is 19% of the power generated in the U S. Uh, they just had a group, uh, that was given $2.241 million to expand a, a new, uh, fleet for Georgia power. This is really big news from the standpoint that this is really the first uh, money that's being put into yeah. extra ways of creating nuclear power uh, within the next five years. Big story. Here's my rant for two seconds. We have all these stimulus money coming in from certain parties in the U.S. with all this money going to the arts. Mm -hmm. Why don't we have some money going to nuclear? Um, you yeah, heard me yeah. rant. Why is why were they shutting down a perfectly good nuclear reactor in the price per kilowatt hour for New York during the COVID was uh, going to go up? Go yeah, and, well, nuclear is interesting. Article. But nuclear is interesting, and, you, and and this is why I, nuclear is a fascinating topic to me because I don't think that many people know what it is is its core you know it's technically steam power it's nuclear that's exactly. generating a steam turbine so once you actually hear that break but then energy nuts people who are really into not just oil and gases you know this show obviously we focus on oil and gas but we we, we stay around the energies but you talk to hardcore energy energy evangelists they're all nuclear they're all nuclear. You talk about, you know, that's a lot of where it's going. And, you know, somebody, you know, we have a shameless plug for something we're doing tomorrow. I'll let you tease that. What do we got going on tomorrow? tomorrow Today, I guess you're listening. Shame, you know, inside baseball. This is Sunday afternoon here. You're listening to this Monday morning. Uh, tomorrow, we're, we have the opportunity. Uh, you know, we've interviewed some very, very good authors. And uh, tomorrow, we're uh, interviewing Alex uh, Epstein. And he is a well-known author as well, too. He wrote, he, uh, he wrote The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, which is an excellent book. I read it when I was in college. I had the opportunity to see him speak at mine. So I'm definitely going to be asking, hey, I didn't, you know, 
when I saw you speak, never thought I'd actually be getting to interview you. So that was, it'll be kind of cool. You know, what's really cool is uh, I am so excited that uh, when I reached out to him, he responded back and that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, I love authors that are willing to talk about those things. And I'm reading the book, Getting Ready for Tomorrow. And he has the same kind of uh, opinion as far as balanced power. Uh, yes. Have a balanced dollar per kilowatt mm-hmm. to the consumer. Get the power out there. Fossil, wind, whatever it takes. Let's get it done the most efficiently and best. He falls along the same line as, as Gregory Wrightstone, who's another guy we interviewed who wrote the book, uh, uh, Inconvenient Facts, The Science That Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know. That energy and poverty has a huge correlation. And that's, again, partly why I love you. know This will be like our fourth author We've interviewed, right. so this will be. Uh, and we got, we got two more in the, in the pipe. That's exactly what I was gonna say. We've got two more in the pipe, and we won't quite release their names until we have them on schedule. But I am excited to talk with Alex tomorrow. He is definitely somebody that I've wanted to chat with for a while. I'm glad to see him. And before we move on to the week that's coming up in oil trading, the last thing we just I want to cover in random store time was was last week. You know, we forgot to mention that Oklahoma did he, have a hearing to basically talk about proration. It was the sort of the same style that happened in Texas. Except really what happened was the Oklahoma, it's the Oklahoma Corporation Commission, which is the OC, the OCC, or they call them the OKCC, um, which is the who governs all of the energy minerals in the state of Oklahoma. There was a plan submitted by the trade group Oklahoma Energy Producers Alliance that would include declaring some oil production in the state to actual state waste, and that and part of that would be implemented mandate cuts from very low level producing stripper wells. And, and, and there was a five hour meeting. The commission took under two, they, 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 the commission heard oral arguments for two hours and they did not set any time or timeline for decisions. You know, not my thoughts haven't changed. And, and, if, and if anything, I become more hard stance since we talked about Texas. Project. I do not want Oklahoma to do this. I think there's too many legal issues that come out. Or, I mean, oil's, you know, closing at 2952. It's going to open up here in a couple hours here Sunday afternoon. And it's going, and, and I think it's going to be bullish. I think we're going to continue to see a march upward as this coronavirus and demand stuff come back. So I don't necessarily think we need this probation. I really hope they don't go this way because I think Commissioner Craddock brought up, and I know you're waving your hands, so just give me a second. You know, what Commissioner Craddock brought up was the legal issues and the fallout from this. I mean, you want to talk about people that are licking their chops? I'm sure Haynes and Boone was sad probation didn't take place. They would have loved it. That would have been big business for them, big business for them. Oh, uh, you bet. And just as a side note, in the scoop and stack in Oklahoma, it's some of the most expensive uh, drilling going on compared to either the Permian or up in the Appalachia or the Balkan. So when you sit back and consider that they're going to start putting in some of those uh, uh, controls by the uh, Corporation Commission, don't like it. Yeah, this Reuters article has mentioned a, Deut- a Deutsche Bank analysis that says the scoop stack, 48.19 a barrel and versus only about 40 in the Permian. I think that Permian number is a little high. Who's going to fuck jobs are you doing? It seems like that Permian number should be maybe a little lower, but we'll have to see some of our experts and get that number checked. Because I get, I, I totally buy, but that $40 Permian stuck out to me. It's like, that seems a little high to me. Uh, it depends if you're also including natural gas as okay. well as water into that number. And- That's fair. 
and and so I think that somebody is cross double including numbers on those. Yeah, and as somebody who I, I works in energy research, I'm always skeptical of when a large investment bank comes out and gives me their very specific Permian Basin oil price numbers. Like, great, I want very interesting to see what data sets they're using to come to that because they could be leaving out um, a lot of stuff. And that that's part of the reasons why you need to be following EF or ETF Twitter every week. You're going to see on 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 those Twitter threads. Great stuff being dropped about Eloise. I mean, there was a huge, well database who's this is they're not even a sponsor of us, but well database is one of one of the best news data sources out there right now. Um, and really what they're and, and they came up with this really, really great thread that talked about um excuse me, that really talked about um actual production costs in different um in different regions and some of the the the, the stats they were throwing out in the images were disgusting. Like there's like literally like a thousand acres in Midland that makes money. Everything else is basically worthless right now. It's just, it was unbelievable. So I highly recommend checking out EFT Twitter. I, that's everything. I mean, I think all of those stories were big enough of themselves. I don't think any one of them were big enough where we could spend and dive in 10, 15 minutes and, and really, really see if we can discover some stuff. But I think that's everything for random sort of anything we missed in that segment. So before we move on to the week coming up here in oil. I think we uh, covered a lot. I think we did too. And I think with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to the week that's coming up in oil. But as always, this segment is sponsored by Sandstone Capital Group. These guys do insanely good research and all the levels you hear from this are provided by them specifically from their energy glimpse solution. Uh, you've heard enough be talking about them. These guys are just insane experts. Go find them, sandstonecapitalgroup.com. Give them a call, 949-561-1818. Mention the podcast. If you don't mention the podcast, we don't get credit. It's great that you call them, but you got to mention the podcast for us to get credit. We appreciate you helping to keep us afloat. You know, really in terms of um, um, stories, I think we covered a lot of them in random story. I know, Stu, you have some stuff in the international news deck you want to cover before we dive into levels in the COT. Well, you bet. Hey, it was kind of funny that you mentioned uh, Haynes and Boone. Haynes and Boone, uh, fantastic uh, friends of uh, Intercom and Oil and Gas 360. Fantastic. Uh, yes. They just put out some numbers that – uh, 98 exploration uh, companies in Texas with 75.7 billion worth of debt filed for bankruptcy from 2015 through 2020. Ooh. That number is expected to even grow even more. Here's the gotcha and into that, that conversation. This is opening up our oil and gas companies to, bu to buyers from China. And it is already starting. This is a national security issue. We do not need our great oil and gas market companies being bought by Chinese investors. Very, I just put this article out today on Oil and Gas 360. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to do a larger segment on the energy security specifically around this because this seems spicy and it makes total sense. I mean, you're talking... Uh China has some of the, you know, the bridges. I'm surprised Saudi hasn't tried to come in and use some of there to buy up some. I mean, that, that, that's what I, that's the scary part about me is China. And I said, well, imagine a Ramco operating wells. I'm, I can't imagine having pet, a Ram or Petro China operating wells in Midland. You ever done yeah, the Midland golf course with the, with the well in the middle of the course? Imagine if that had a little Saudi Aramco sign out front of it. That would be a Petro China sign. We still got our tanker sitting out there, you know, the oil and gas 360 tanker, you know, maybe we could have a flag made, you know. And yeah, you're right. We're empty. We will. We'll, yeah. We'll, maybe we need to get in on buying some of these. Maybe the 360 needs to get in by a field. We need to keep it um, by a field. Hey, you, uh, do, you want me to do another one on the international news desk? 
Yes, please. What else okay. you got? Uh, well, hey, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about on the, the, with our authors and everything else, and that is uh, coal and green and mm -hmm. uh, everything else. Uh, the uh, Indian leadership is really trying to get their folks out of poverty. I have to hand it to the leaders of India. Uh, however, um, they just uh, released through the finance men, and I, I don't want to butcher his name up. It's okay. Um, I, I get myself into those situations all the time where I'm reading something, and then it's like, oh, I, I can't. I can't. I can't even name. use his name. He's yeah. their finance minister, and they have just released a lot of block of land for coal strip coal mining. Mm -hmm. And let me read this just one piece. This theme with India's leadership to elevate the population out of poverty through the use of economical source of energy has been covered by several of our mm. authors on oil and gas 360. Underdeveloped companies, countries do not have the luxury of tax deductions to support nope. renewable energy. They are more susceptible to market-driven sources of energy, cheap coal, these may not be the best for the green movement. Poverty does not care about green. Yeah, and that's a so, great point to bring up is following countries that, 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 that don't have, aren't necessarily as rich or can't necessarily invest. What are countries like India doing? And it's clear they're not doing renewables. They're, they're, they're firing up coal plants. It's fascinating. And there, but we uh, earlier uh, this week, uh, we talked about India uh, already has four major LNG mm -hmm. import facilities, uh, six, excuse me, they have six major okay. ones and they have four major ones on the plant on the uh, already in production. So they are doing LNG as fast as they can, but there happens to be a lot of people in India. No, there is. And that's, again, partly why they need cheap, affordable energy quickly. And as you can see what they're turning to, not necessarily turning to renewables, which is, again, we're just following the data here in the research. There's, there's no tilt here. Um, and, 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 and so is anything else the International News Desk? Because we got to dive into the levels, which are crazy. I, uh, yeah, the other, only other one uh, uh, we've already talked about. So we're oh, good. Perfect. So, well, let's go ahead and dive into the levels for crude oil for the week. And I said this last show, I'll say it again, the, the two, it was like three weeks ago, I, I, I said publicly, my levels have been great. Never do that. If you're on a hot streak with your levels, keep it to yourself. I was doing great. The first month of this podcast, I was killing it. The levels we were set were money. Now, the past two, three weeks, I'll admit to everybody who's been following it, it's been bad. It's been rough. So hopefully we're resetting. I'm just going to keep throwing out levels and we'll continue um, when we look at what, you know, what's coming up this week for oil, I mean, really, I'm bullish this week. I mean, you look at the way it's been three, four weeks of, of, of bullishness specifically since, you know, specifically the 27th, 20, you know, about you know, 26, 27th of May, we've been pretty much bullish. Levels I'm seeing, you know, yeah, right now, the pivot point 26.55, that's where I'm seeing the biggest chunk of volume right now. It's the point of control since going back all the way until you see about April 16th. So that's where you're seeing, that's the point of control. I think we've got enough filled in there to really see the, the, the defined level. So I'm going to put the, the pivot point 26.55. I know we're currently, you know, market closed. Market will open about 29.52, or that's at least where it closed Friday. So I, I see the point of control a little lower, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm still bullish. And if you are an insane moment, there's a lot of good levels here. You got 28. 
9.91, I think, is your first level of resistance. If you get bounce off that, I can be, I see 31.44, 31.68, 33.01. And then really, um, anything above there is, is, is just a guess because remember, you get from 33 to 36. It didn't stay there long. That was around March 9th when it immediately dropped. So there's a large gap. And above, and 36 to 43, there's nothing because that's where the gap was. So we're kind of, we're now getting into crazy bull territory that if it gets to a point where things continue to move this way, we're running out of, you know, on the upside, at least we're running out of, of levels to find. So, you know, yes, I'm a bull. I think, you know, I, I think we're going to see third, obviously I think we're going to see $30 oil this week. I don't think we're going to go above 32. I think that's the cap, but I really like really the 2655. That's what I would pick up along if I was, you know, getting yep. in here, but remember, we don't give investment advice. Um, but when we look at the downside, as I mentioned, 2655, I think is the first pivot point. I think it's going to be your first level of resistance. If you are still a bull and, and, and if it gets down there, I think it's a great opportunity to get in along. If you're, if you're a short seller, I'd wait to see it get down, get down to 2580 and then I'd start selling, selling, selling. I think 2485 is a good level, 2411 and 2325. The thing that if you're a bear that helps you is there's just so much volume to the downside. So obviously I don't, you know, 26, 25, you know, really depends what your bias is. That's why you have to have a bias because levels mean different things with your different biases. If you're a bull, 2655 is the perfect level to get in and get long out because I really think we're going to see oil price continue to stabilize in the thirties. But if you're a bear and you really think as we move into um, the, the next week and it's, it's not next week, but in two weeks and eight, it's like eight days when that contract rolls over. If you think we're going to see negative pricing again, well, really you should be shorting now, but 2655 is going to be a good level to start saying, Hey, if we can crack that, continue to fall all the way down to the high 25, then we're going to start shorting at every opportunity we can. So, you know, I'm going to stick on the bull side right now because that's just what price action is showing me. I'm going to take a play. I'm going to take a book out of a uh, Tomcat's playbook and stick with uh, the bullish. How, how are you looking on oil this week? Where where do you think it's headed? You you bullish bearish? I don't know yet, Michael. I'm gonna have to. I, I I'm doing some more research tonight, so uh, I'll exclusive call our, with Tomcat. Yes, uh, that should be a podcast I've, in and of itself. Oh, it should. Uh, but I'm gonna get some more research done now. Um, I I really you said uh, earlier on that you don't think we're going into the negative. Um, I don't in eight days. You don't. You still think that? I mean, I've just you. The nail in the coffins is our is our friend Sean Strawbridge. He's coming out saying he doesn't think storage is an issue right now. The the people that I trust in the midstream aren't banging that drum right now. I do. I think it's going to go down, and we might have a interesting storage issue. I think so, and and I'm always open to be wrong, but I don't think so. I think. I think with, especially with 300,000, we, we, we haven't even chatted about the EIA numbers that happened last week, which were great. I mean, we saw 3 million beat, draw from Cushing. So I, I don't think so, but I'm always open to being wrong. Are you, do you think it's going to happen? I, I did think it was going to, but the traffic in all over the world, the yes. smog building up back up in Houston, Dallas is going nuts. The demand's going up. Uh, all of the news stories I'm seeing around the world, traffic is kicking back in. So I really feel good about uh, demand use. I don't think, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see negative. And so, yeah. And, and so that's why I'm going to take this week and be on the bull side. But I mean, still $30 oil is $30 oil, especially in this coronavirus thing. So I, you know, do I think it's going to go negative? No, but I could very easily see this diving back down into the mid twenties, low twenties. If, if, if some new information doesn't come out. 
bad part is the glut that we have sitting on the oil uh, on the ocean is still not going to help get our people back yeah. to work in the oil fields. So. No, it won't because it's all just going to go plug straight into refineries. Um, so yeah, there's something, there's something that needs to happen on the oil field service side. I'm completely with you. We need, there's, there's, and I don't know what that looks like. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, if I, if I did, I would be, you know, I'd be submitting my proposal to the DOE. I'd probably be. Hey, Michael, uh, maybe you put out on some of our things. Uh, if you got great ideas, let's interview you. Yeah. I mean, if you, that's a great idea. If you have a, if you have an idea on what you think on how you think the oil and gas industry can sort of get out of this, please email the show. M Tanner at intercominc.com. Find me on LinkedIn, Michael Tanner. You can connect with me and Stu. Stuart Turley is his full name. Find us, connect with us. Where is this? I'm telling you, this is the most available show on the planet. You email me. I see it instantly. Trust me. I'm a sales guy at heart. I, the, the research out there says if you don't respond and if you respond within 30 seconds, your chance of increasing a close is like 200%. So trust me, that email comes straight to my phone. I see it very quickly. I always consider myself, I'm always stepping in, but this is the most available show to get hold of. We're not trying to hide from you. And I think what we're going to do is dive in. Oh, no, we need to look at the, 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 the commitment of traders. The only interesting thing that happened in the commitment of traders, uh, it's the same old story. Managed money's getting long, hedge funds cutting their shorts. I mean, and we're now up to 405,000 contracts on the log side compared to only 53,000 on the short side. So if that tells you anything, hedge funds who haven't been right for 10 years think it's going up. The guys who professionally do it, they think it's going up. So take that into consideration when you set your bullish. But remember, it's from Tuesday to Tuesday. Let's roll into the 360 official, non-official fund. But before we do that, the lawyers always make us say this so we don't get sued. We apologize. This segment is for entertainment purposes only. And remember, everybody on the show, i.e. me, Michael Tanner, Stu Stewart Turley, we invest money for our own account. We do not manage any outside money. We do not give investment advice. We do not offer securities or anything involved by other regular side of an industry. Investment is risky. And remember, you can and will use lose your entire principal at some point. That being said, Stu, how are your picks going? My picks are uh, doing pretty good. Um, you take a look at Geopark. I'm still really, really love South America, and I'm up 18.5 for last week. Uh, Rattler and Fang. Uh, I like I said, I'm going to be doing some serious research tonight. Uh, Noble's up uh, 2.5, um, and LNG's down. You and I have got a lot of discussion going on on LNG, and it's going to be down in the short run, but uh, it's going to be up big over the yeah. long run. So I don't know. And, and next Friday, we'll update everybody on Tomcat's pick. It sounds like there's a little secret research meeting going on tonight. I didn't even get the invite, so I'm left out of the dark, too. We'll have to wait till Friday to figure out what the picks are. Mine, remember, I'm with Bonanza Creek right now. I got in $14.89, about 65 shares. Remember, I'm also in $1.82 long natural gas. It's down $1.64. I'm going to buy another contract. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting the exports. I know personally, I'm not as bullish on gas as maybe some of the experts. Remember, specifically Spool and Enver's. We've had interviews with both of them. They're 350 to $4. Stu's about 350 If that's the case, I'm going to trust everybody because I'm, I'm always wrong. As we saw that, we, we saw it with the levels. We've seen that with a lot of stuff. I'm going to pick up another contract. It's it's cheap now. Dollar sixty four is about as cheap as it's going to get, theoretically. So I'm going to pick up another natural gas long contract for us, and we will see where that goes short show today well not maybe just a short show we're coming up on 30 minutes we do not have nick and steven so if you watch us on youtube 
You're not missing anything. But please, generally, every Monday we come with you for a special segment from Stephen and Nick. It was actually my fault that we didn't get this lined up this week, but that is okay. We will be back out with them. We may put them on the Friday show. We're going to hear from them because a lot of good stuff. Before we let these guys go for the day, so anything else we need to cover? You know, I uh, we've got fantastic uh, interviews. Uh, quite honestly, Michael, you and I have been so busy. We've got about 50 uh, either in the work, in the can, and we always want to visit with more folk that have news. We want to visit with Energy Expert Network. I love your new uh, Twitter uh, news feed that you got put out. Outstanding job. We're just busier uh, than hoo-ha. So no, we are. We have a lot, and we really appreciate. It. If you want to become a contributor to the show, again, please email me mtanner@nrcominc.com. But with that, we're gonna go ahead and let you guys get back to work and finish up your Monday. Please check us out on the 360 Digital Ticker this afternoon, and also please subscribe to the Digital Closing Bell email. See you guys this afternoon.